Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Brendan, you hey, you had something to say before I say your name in a command. Yeah, I, I just want to give a quick shout out to a thing that happened today, <laughs> okay, this morning. <laughs> uh, I didn't I didn't mention this in last week's episode, and I extremely meant to, and now it's over, so whoops. But uh, Summer Games Done Quick just wrapped up this morning as of us recording, and they like destroyed their... Uh, previous year's donation goal uh and oh, also cool. like the games done quick donation goal like as a whole so like they beat summer games done quick and awesome games done quick uh it's the first time they've raised over three million dollars jesus uh, in a week so just for people who don't know games done quick it's a thing that happens twice a year uh they do like smaller more frequent events in between uh but they do one in the winter and one in the summer for a straight week like literal straight week so like programming for 24 hours a day for seven days straight they'll just like bring people on to speed run games and and the whole thing uh, is is set up as a way to raise money for various charities, depending on what time of year it is, uh, which is amazing. In this case, I think it was Doctors Without Borders. Yeah, it was Doctors Without Borders uh, this year. Oh, awesome. Which is cool. Um, and they yeah. just sent them $3 million. So Jeez, that's <laughs> in- awesome. Incredible. Uh, so it just wrapped up this morning, unfortunately. I wanted to mention it last week so people could tune in and whatever. But that said, all of the videos are like on their YouTube already. So you can go watch all the streams mm-hmm. and just like maybe sort by most popular or something and just watch like the coolest ones. Uh, um, yeah, I tuned in. I I left a TV on in my room uh, and just had it running all week, which was great. It's it's a thing that brings me a lot of comfort, and I love watching it because a it's for a good cause. B it's just like a cool thing that happens in video games. It's like people are. It feels like sports. It's like amazing to watch people like run through some games depending on yeah. What they and are. they did Celeste last year, didn't they? Yeah, this year that they, they had a bot run Celeste, and it was wild. They like programmed a <laughs> bot to run literally the fastest, most optimized oh speed run of God. Celeste ever. It was really cool. I I watched yeah. about three hours of a six-hour run of Chrono Trigger yesterday uh, while I was playing Mario Maker, which was really great. Yeah, I did not know they did Chrono Trigger. I should watch that. Yeah, it it is six hours long. Like the speed run is six hours. Uh, oh yeah, I mean wild. there's there's a lot you can't avoid in that game. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of story. Uh, oh, that's a short. It's a shorter RPG for like that kind of RPG. I think it's like twenty or thirty hours. Yeah, but uh, just a cool anyway. thing that happened in video games. Just wanted to shout it out because like I, I love that it happens. I think they announced that next year's is going to be a month it's going to start oh, in, wow. it's going to start in june and end in july like it's gonna i think it's going from june 15th to like july 10th or something um i like, hope they raise even more money i wonder how that will affect that yeah i'm really curious to see how it goes yeah. and like maybe if the programming changes like is it 24 hours a day for a whole month because oh my god or is it like <laughs> or are they like taking breaks like i'm not really I, sure what i think the they're is. definitely better served though for going longer than a week because i think that like yeah i missed it and i probably would have wanted to watch it so yeah you know, i think i think hopefully they find a balance I, I mean i could see them yeah we'll see what happens I don't yeah. Know. yeah it's it's just an amazing thing um and i just want to cool. shout out when amazing things happen in the video game like when amazing positive things happen in the video game circle yeah uh, it's cool i really wish it was more frequent yeah but here we are yeah um but that is very cool um brendan steven <laughs> brendan i know i know what you're up to these days i know what you're up to yes and i want to hear about it yeah i have been playing super mario maker 2 for nintendo switch came out last week. i knew it i knew it <laughs> sorry 
<laughs> that was a bit too loud. I I feel like I should be crying. Like I I've had up to here with your shit. You're making Mario's all day. Get a fucking job, you so you sorry. creep. You creep. <laughs> I just I, I see like I have you over the Audacity video and then I just see like the like Jackson Pollock painting of blue audio that uh, the waveform yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. With the screaming. waveform exploding out of the bounds of the recording <laughs> software yeah. <laughs> I brought up recently at work, my parents, when I was a kid, would always, whenever we went out to eat or at any public space, they'd be like, Steven, use your inside voice. Like, yeah. Use your inside voice. Never had the context of what that was because I was, you know, always loud. Uh, <laughs> and I brought I brought that up at work. My friend Connor, who, Connor, if you're listening, hello. Uh, he was like, oh, I'm glad that lesson took root. <laughs> like, <laughs> so here we are. Yeah. Uh, me screaming as the wave files corrupt themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder, hmm. I wonder if you could scream so loud that it actually corrupts a waveform. Don't even tempt me, my yeah. friend. One day my we'll tempest. one day we'll try it. We'll try yeah. it for real. Hey, thanks for uh, subscribing. No, uh, no, 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 no. I'm stopping that bit before episode. it goes. Here's my bonus episode. I'm just gonna scream and see if Audacity can take it. Goodbye. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Mario Maker 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a game. It's a game that just came out. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit during the E3 episode where like my or no, it was it was its own Nintendo Direct before E3. And I I always do this. This always happens to me where I don't care about Mario games until they come out and then I impulse buy them and love them. Yeah. The only exception to that rule throughout my whole life has been Mario Maker 1 for the Wii U where okay. I bought it and I was like, I don't like this. This is not my jam. Huh. And I bought it a little bit late. I didn't buy it like immediately when it came out. I just like saw a lot of hype for it and then it kind of died down and I, I had some extra money and I was like, oh, let me get Mario Maker. Like the idea of an infinite Mario game was very compelling. Yeah. So I picked it up and it was like fine. It was okay. There was a lot of like weird stuff going on with with the way the online service worked in that game where it, like it didn't really pay off. It was hard to find levels. Um, I just I didn't get very into it. And I didn't like making levels. That's the thing. I'm, I'm not like a huge like maker of levels uh, in Mario Maker. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, this it wasn't one for you. This one came around and I was like, I think they've added enough stuff to get me into it this time. There's a story mode now. Uh, there's oh, wow. online multiplayer. There's local multiplayer, which is really interesting. There, there just seems to be like more going on, I think, uh, where like at the end of the day, it is a game that requires that you be online. And if you're a person that doesn't have Nintendo online, like they had to build something into the game for those people. Right. If, you, sure. if you're not going to pay the whatever it is a year to get Nintendo online, like there has to be a game that you can play in Mario Maker. Makers, which is yeah. where story mode comes from right. um so i bought it and i started playing it and i gotta say it is it is really great i'm really loving it in a way i didn't with the first one and i think honestly it is specifically because of when i am playing it i think the fact that i'm playing it during like release week when my whole twitter timeline is people just like sharing their level codes and like mm. a bunch of like replies like oh i i beat it it was really hard or like this was really difficult and this part was like fucked up and i can't believe that you would do this to me or like oh my god i i speed ran this <laughs> i level. knew it brendan <laughs> i knew you would put an angry moon next to my shit a piranha <laughs> plant next to my blooper i've had up to here <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what this is. It's great. No, no, keep yeah. it going. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, it's really good, isn't it? Yeah, just like people like speedrunning each other's levels and just like uploading like videos of them speedrunning levels over and over again and like getting their times down like little by little. I just I'm I'm really into being part of the community as like it's at its like most feverish. I guess like it is really really cool to like constantly be downloading levels via people's tweets like over and over again. Yeah, for sure. This so seems like a very codependent 
like game on the social experience that comes with it. Yeah, and and yeah. that's that's a thing that I didn't get the first time around because I got it right. too late. So like being part of that this time is really wonderful. And then on top of that, the story mode is actually really great. Um, it, What's the story? The the story there really is not one. The story is uh you start. I mean yeah, it's a Mario game. I shouldn't expect like you know a Sam Shepard esque narrative. In yeah, this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mario wakes up uh in 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 an alleyway uh in in New Donk City. He can't remember where he came from or what his name is. And as he, he meets wa- someone who claims to be an angel and says, "I'll be your guide." And it's sort of like yeah. It's not Dante's Inferno, but it isn't not Dante's Inferno. Right, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. There, there is some, like, really important changes Clear in that, like, parallels. there are fewer circus, circles of hell than there are in Dante's <laughs> Inferno, but, like, that's just right. so they can expedite the story and fit it into, like, a, a shorter narrative, because they know you're it's, not going to play story mode as much when you want right. to go to, like, Course World, you know? Um, sure. Th- there needed to be fewer circles, circles of hell in story mode. There's a weird moment, though, when you do fall, like, there's a jump you can't make, and you fall through golden rings, and you're like, wait a minute, I know that sound. And that's right. It's the Sonic sound, and Sonic's the devil. He's waiting for you. Yeah, and he's chewing on the head of Judas. Yeah, and if you beat the game, uh, you get a discount code for Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. <laughs> okay, let's get out of here. This sucks. <laughs> Uh, story mode is pretty much uh, the story opens and it's you as Mario in in like his his like yellow Mario Maker uh, construction outfit and then it's like a bunch of toads and they're like wow look at this huge castle we built for Princess Peach isn't this wonderful and then a, a dog that is 2D shows up and everybody's like wow look at this cute dog he's wonderful and then the dog steps on a, a button that destroys the whole castle and it's like well I guess we got to start from the beginning and the toadette that's running uh, her name is Chief the toadette that's running like the construction site is like oh why didn't I think of this earlier we could just get Mario to go get all the coins to pay back like building this castle from scratch <laughs> like that's the whole thing that you do great yeah which is a wonderful like kind of self-referential thing and then you proceed to go talk to a different toad who has like a job board where people are asking you to do things um, and then you go through all of these levels which are made by Nintendo it's like Nintendo people made oh, that's cool. Mario Maker levels using the actual Mario Maker and you just go through all these levels and you get like um, you get rewarded for each one with a certain amount of coins and then you take those coins back to Chief and then give her uh, the coins and decide what parts of Peach's castle you want to build uh, and then over time you rebuild the whole thing. That's awesome. Yeah. It's nice. It's, it's a, it's it's a nice they, thing. Like you said, that they have something that's there for someone who doesn't have Nintendo online. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it, it is really fun and weird. Uh, I'm stuck on it at the moment because I only have Ghost House puzzle levels to do at the moment. <laughs> and like I have to finish them before I can get the new collection of jobs. Uh, and I just don't oh, like... Oh, is it the one with... That's not too far off from our Dante's Inferno Mario we did, where you have to go through like certain doors, like when ghosts aren't looking at you. Yeah, it's like in in a yeah. way, it is exactly that. Yeah, there there are two that I'm stuck on at the moment. I just like I always start them and then I die once. I'm like I don't feel like doing this. And then I go back to Course World uh, and just like download some weird stuff. Yeah, but yeah, so that's story mode. It's really great. I I recommend it if you're a fan of playing Mario games. Like that's cool. But like where where the real good shit is is Course World, and Course World is pretty much like just like a grid or not a grid, but just like a list of uh, of courses and you can filter them out. So it'll show you like, here are the courses that are like the most popular at the moment. Here are the ones that are most popular this week. Uh, if you're searching for like a specific kind, you can go in and say like, okay, I want like a pretty standard Mario level that I don't know, plays music while I run through it or something. Or like, here's here's a level that's built for speed running or here's a level where I don't have to move at all and like a whole bunch of things will bump into me and bump me to the end flag. And it's just like a weird, like bizarre time as that's happening. <laughs> so that's 
pretty cool. Um, where I have found the most fun so far is in two different things. Number one is literally just like downloading people's levels that I find on Twitter and then speed running them over and over and over again. Um, and just like trying to get the world record time on those. I have the world record on three courses at the moment. You literally nice. just watched me get one before we started recording. Yeah, I did. Uh, which was wonderful. And also outside of that, the other thing is uh, this thing called Endless Mario, which was in the first game, but I did not really enjoy or get into as much. But you decide in the beginning you want easy, normal, hard or like super hard courses and then they give you five lives and they just start throwing levels at you that they just like randomly choose from the list of all the levels that are in the game i think they i think the way they decide what falls into what difficulty category is like what is the clear rate of these because you can see like how many people played this level and how many people have beaten this level and then like they just show you that percentage i imagine that's how they figure out what is easy medium hard and super hard but anyway you get five lives and they just start throwing levels at you and you just have to make it as far as you can before you run out of lives. And you can get more lives if you get coins and like if people put one ups in their in their levels and stuff, then then you get extra lives. So like I, I'm doing a run on easy mode right now where I'm on level like 70 something and I have like a hundred and something lives at this point, uh, which is great so like i'm never gonna lose essentially it's just gonna go on forever but i did a run on hard mode and i made it like three levels in and then died and that's really <laughs> fun because it's weird it's it weirdly does everything that i love about roguelikes but in mario like it really mm -hmm. just is like taking spelunky all the way back to the beginning like the like primordial ooze of where spelunky was birthed from and just saying like what if it was just <laughs> mario <laughs> Uh, yes, Endless Mario, born from the primordial ooze of Spelunky. It really uh, feels that are. way. Um, yeah. So I, I've just been playing that over and over again, and it's really, really great. That sounds fun. It's super fun, and it's like a wonderful thing to like be... I always talk about this with the Switch and Switch games that I love, but it's really great to have a game that I can like play while watching something else, like Summer Games Done Quick, which is what I spent most of uh, yesterday doing in my free time, yeah. which is great. Yeah, Mario Maker 2, really good. Really good video game. Um, I haven't made any levels yet, but I was gonna ask. I've yeah. I've been playing a lot of them, and I've slowly started to realize that the ones that I like the most are not like the the like uber challenge, like hardcore, like we're just going to throw everything at you and see if you can survive kind of thing. I don't know if you've heard of like Kaizo Mario, but there's like a whole kind of genre of um, of games that people have made and like released online called Kaizo Mario, which is just like really fucking hard Mario levels. Yeah, like, is that the one where it's like, there's one level where it's like, there's just a shell going through the level like at your speed and you have to keep bouncing off of that to like get through like it's very like it's, it's that like it's, it's that exact style yeah, yeah. That, yeah so yeah. yeah kaizo is more like a style of mario level um than anything else but yeah it right. is it is that kind of thing like that i'm not as much into as whenever yeah. i download a level and it feels like a regular ass like nintendo made mario <laughs> level like that's right, the stuff right. where it's like oh my god whoever made this like understands mario so well that they just made a thing that nintendo would make exactly that's the yeah. stuff i'm most impressed by like For Every sure. once in a while you get one where it's like, okay, now I'm in a giant boot and I'm jumping on some spike traps and like, I don't know, there's like a Mario, uh, there's like Cat Bowser at the end and he's shooting fire at me or whatever and then I stomp on him with a big boot and then I win and it's great. Um, but that's like not a thing that would ever happen in an actual Mario game. It reminds me a lot of... Uh excuse the parallels here but like we're doing a lot of theatrical and literary parallels in this episode mm -hmm. but i think like in college a lot of times like when we do like everyone has come from a high school that has done bye bye birdie eight million times right and yeah. everyone wants to do like the most experimental out there shit possible yeah but may not have like a firm understanding of the craft mm -hmm. and then like it's just out there without having that like sense of like 
of purpose, purpose or theme or like yeah yeah, yeah. Totally. So, uh, that happened that happens with like any kind of uh art form because like you you have this excitement of like the weird shit that you like but you don't have like an understanding enough of the craft yet so then you get the giant boot levels yeah, um, yeah whereas exactly. like what you're impressed by is like oh shit this person knows nintendo they're making a level that is like accessible but challenging and like, mm-hmm. there's a really nice balance there yeah i i like drawing parallels to all things as you've noticed <laughs> listening to the show yeah so but but that's that's the thing that i've i've found the most interesting and one thing that i i have also really enjoyed is just like finding kind of easier levels that just have like a couple goombas like hanging out and like some really easy jumps over some endless pits and whatever and then it's like the easiest style of level that people make um i really like downloading those and then trying to speed run them and like optimizing routes through them and playing them over and over and over (laughs) again so like get the world record and then like try and lower it like second by second or like millisecond by millisecond Mm -hmm. uh repeatedly like those i always find that really interesting too which is a weird like almost minecraftian to just invent a stupid word i can't (laughs) believe you just said the phrase minecraftian on our show (laughs) minecraftian horror this whole segment i'm like okay this is brendan's turn the spotlight i can wait i can wait for the spotlight it's fun I can wait. Just a few Goombas, no big deal. Just a I can few wait. Goombas. Then you had the gall to say <laughs> Minecraftian to me, your friend. Uh huh. I'm in sorry. Quotes. I'm sorry. I apologize for saying Minecraftian. Define hey, Minecraftian. Dear, dear Define Minecraftian. I'm don't s- no 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 don't run away from me. I'm, I'm talking to you. Oh okay. Define Minecraftian to me, your friend Steven. Minecraftian, I would say, is um an open-ended game that invites you to find your own purpose. That's so rad. I love that. I <laughs> went my red exclamation point that that manifested above my head at mm-hmm. the phrase Minecraftian mm-hmm. uh, was out of like envy, jealousy, and disgust. <laughs> uh, so there's like three. There's uh-huh. a new emotion here, uh, but I just had to stop you there, dear listener. Uh, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say that I apologize for saying Minecraftian out loud. No, 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 no. You should totally own it. I just had to stop. I yeah. had to stop time for a little bit. And I, just, understand. Like, digest. Yeah. I understand. I understand. It. It. it I, I regretted it when it came out of my mouth, but um, I, I am going to stand by it. I feel the former all the time, and I should do the latter more. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I love that. Anyway, I find that this game has a Minecraftian element to Stop it. Stop it! <laughs> in that um, I, I, I am making my own fun i'm like finding the thing that i want to be doing you know so like is it download an easy level and then speed run it repeatedly until i get the world record like absolutely is it uh play easy mode of of endless mario until i have 100 lives and i've gone through like 70 something levels like yeah that's also great yeah it's cool it's really good um obviously like they added more stuff to the game like there are more things that you can do in the maker mode uh which has just allowed people to be a little bit more creative i think i saw a really interesting twitter thread actually that i I would like to bring up and discuss real quick before we Please. move on to the next game. There's a guy who goes by Campster online who does a really, really great video essay series on YouTube that's called um, Errant Signal. And uh, he just talks about video games and, and just does these like really interesting critical analysis of games. Uh, and he tweeted out a thread about Mario Maker that I would like to read verbatim uh, and kind yeah, of please. talk about real Go quick. Because I, I agree with pieces of it and I, I think you might find it interesting. Uh, so here's what he says. Um, it's at Campster on Twitter, by the way, if you feel like following him. Mario Maker remains the most system-focused, structure-driven level editor I've ever seen, and I always get frustrated by that both when trying to make levels and playing the general output. The only real creativity it allows is mechanical creativity, which is intentionally done for moderation purposes, global playability of levels, and protecting the Mario brand. But it turns Mario, a family-friendly platformer for all ages, into a sort of massacore torture factory where everyone is trying to out-clever the 
rest of the internet. And I get that's the appeal for some people. But as someone who fell in love with other level editors for making me feel like I could construct a world, it feels cold and detached. Cute Mario enemies and items become icons for a handful of mechanics they could invoke. The systems rule over everything else. Essentially saying like the way they built Mario Maker, both in one and I think in two, really just kind of encourages you to make the super hard Kaizo style levels and then just like throw it out on the internet and say like, can anybody beat my shit? Like that's okay, wait, <laughs> I also regret that. But anyway, <laughs> no, um, it was great. I, the that, amount of time, the, the amount of drafts I have on Twitter that could anyone beat my shit, and I just <laughs> don't have the confidence to send. I feel you. Yeah. Well, now it's in audio form on the internet. There you go. That that is a that is a very frequent thing in Mario Maker. It it feels like people are just <laughs> trying to make the hardest level they can possibly make, um, yeah. and then see if anyone else can can. I beat mean, that's it. what I did. Uh, I might have mentioned this before, but uh, Wrecking Crew for the NES, mm. bizarre game. It was like a weird side story of Mario and Luigi, and I think it's the first like unofficial appearance of Wario because there's a dude called the Foreman that's like in a yellow Mario suit and is like mean, awesome. But he's the boss of this like construction hell. Uh, anyway, there's a level editor in that that like they just let you do like whatever. Yeah. And at like age four, I made something called the impossible level, and it was just like every spot of the scene was eggplant men. Yeah. And then you just started next to one. You couldn't do like you literally couldn't beat it. Yeah. Well, that's that's what's <laughs> so. really great about Mario Maker is that you can't upload a level unless you've beaten it. Like you right. have you have to beat the level before yeah, you it have gets to uploaded. Do it. So they would they would uh, censor my art immediately. They would they would censor your art. That's okay. But I I do find that that is kind of like the de facto move for most people who are making levels in Mario Maker at the moment. Yeah. Uh, which is why I'm so kind of enlight or enthralled by the like very classic Mario levels that people make. It's mm. like you're just yeah, taking yeah. all of the great things about Mario and just kind of like remixing them into your own wonderful thing so one a lot of the replies to that thread kind of indicate like the way that you could circumvent that is is a thing that i was hoping would be in this game that isn't which is like let me make a series of levels like let me make like like a my world. own world yeah. like i don't need um an overworld map like in mario world or in mario 3 I, I just need to be able to string some levels together like if i could string four levels together then i i think i would be more interested in making something because then you get into like yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. the very classic like game design stuff where it's like okay i'm teaching somebody how to use a mechanic in world one one and then world one two it's like okay let's like expand on that mechanic a little bit more and then world one three is like now we're getting really wild with it and then world one four is like okay now take everything you learned and apply it to this last thing you know like the ability to tell like a mechanical narrative over the course of a couple of levels i think is more interesting than just like let me make the hardest shit i can possibly make yeah i totally agree and i think if I were to, I would definitely be drawn to making levels, but almost more out of curiosity of like what what the mindset behind that is, unless like my confidence in making a, a good level. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that is really interesting to see to have more respect for that kind of accessible Mario than like the the massacre genre. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and the thing yeah. is, like, I could make four levels you know, and just have them all on my profile and upload them all and just say, like, play this one, play this one, play this one, and play this one. But I, I almost wish that, like, on the top level, Nintendo was like, no, that's that's an actual thing we're building into this game, is, like, the yeah. ability to download a set and play them. Do you think this is a game that they're going to update frequently, or probably not? So there are already hints that they're going to update it with some stuff. Mm -hmm. The biggest one being that, so you can choose from uh, original Super Mario Brothers, Mario 3, uh, Super Mario World, 
uh, New Super Mario Brothers, and I think there's another one in there. It's and, all all 2D plane. Yes, uh, yeah, uh, with yeah. the exception of uh, Super Mario 3D World, which was the 3DS one, I believe, or maybe it was no, the Wii that was one. Uh, Wii U. Yeah. Wii U. yeah. Um. Anyway, it, they have that. It's still 2D, but it just like adds more mechanics and like adds some like more interesting stuff that you can do in there. And next to like, so it they pretty much show up as tiles. Like, okay, which which of these themes do you want to choose? And next to the 3D World one, there's an empty tile that is like clearly like meant to be filled with something. So they're definitely gonna add some kind of DLC at some point. I don't know what would be left that they sh- could add. Like, is it is it Mario two? I mean, if they added that Mario two would be cool, but if they added Mario sixty four, I feel like that would be like insane. Yeah. I, it'd be hard to kind of manage because you have the three D plane. But I, I imagine, wonder. I imagine it would be like the three D world one, where it would be two D, but you would have all the same like visual assets of of three D world. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Well, that'd we'll be see. great because it would be all polygonal and stuff. Yeah, that'd be that'd really be fun. Yeah, I would love that. Mario um, would be cool though because you could have the flying Peach and like uh, Luigi uh, waggling his legs mm-hmm. as he jumps really high. Well, that's the thing is you can play as any of the characters on any of the levels. Um, oh, really? Yeah, that's w- cool. which is very cool. And they've gone as far as like creating new sprites for those characters in games that they didn't exist previously. Um, they've also added like a bunch of different themes. So there's like a jungle theme now. Uh, there's like a desert theme, and they went and retroactively like created new assets for like okay, there was never a desert theme in Super Mario Brothers like the original one but now there is and they got koji kondo who did the original scores for all the mario games to go back and like say okay if i was making a desert themed level in the original super mario brothers like what would that score sound like and he That's made so cool. he made new chiptune music wow for all of all of the new themes in all of the new games uh it's really really cool that's really cool what are the characters you can play as right now i think it's mario luigi peach toad and toadette I think. Okay. In the first game, you could unlock other characters. Like, you could play as, like, a Goomba, or you could play as, like, Waluigi. Like, there were a bunch of, like, <laughs> weird things. I haven't unlocked anything like that yet. I think they replaced the ability to unlock new characters to play as with, like, you unlock new outfits uh, for your me, which is uh, fine. That's, like, the most, like, half at Like, it's cool that it exists, but, like, I feel like it's just, like, this sort of, like, gentle nod of the direction of what people want. Like in Smash Brothers, where it's like you could dress your me up as Skull Kid. It's like I don't. This is no. Yeah, I want to play as Skull Kid. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. In in actuality, the outfits for your me's end up just being like pretty much achievements that you've unlocked that you can wear. Like that's what it comes down to. Is like, oh, you set yeah. a world record in in a level, and now you get this like special hat that you can wear, which is literally a thing that happened this morning. The recently, my in Smash Brothers, my friends have been making like very strange kind of surreal abominations with their me fighters and like i'm very into that that yeah i love that that's very good yeah anyway all that having been said uh super mario maker 2 is out on the switch right now it is really great in a way that i didn't expect it to be and i think i'm going to play a lot of it tbh i want to see it when we hang out next i yeah i definitely want to see it before i invest yeah oh i should mention um it is multiplayer both local and online uh i played it with aj our producer yesterday hi aj and it was really fun the idea of a mario game with a whole bunch of people running around i feel like they do it in every game now like every mario game that comes out has some kind of multiplayer element in some way except for odyssey i guess yeah but like the the hectic like horrific frantic nature of like fucking over your friends by accident because you both jump in the same place at the same time is like I can't overstate how funny it is every single time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it. like in uh, New Mario Brothers U or whatever it's mm-hmm. called. Yeah, that's great. It's a great time. Yeah. 
Uh, Mario Maker 2, out on Switch. You want to take a break and uh, come back and talk about more stuff? Yes, I would love to do that. Goodbye. Goodbye. Steven! Hi. You played a game. Yeah, so what? Get over it. Also Good on deal. the Nintendo Switch. All of our games today uh, are Switch games, which is interesting. They're also Switch exclusives, worth noting. Wow. Wow. Check it out. Sorry Picked for those of you who don't have a Switch this week, I guess. Just go back and listen to the E3 episode where we're talking about Microsoft for eight hours. <laughs> Uh-huh. Just kidding. Yeah. But I picked up Golf Story. Uh, it's a game that came out pretty much like immediately after the Switch came out. Uh, it looks like it's it came out in se- late September of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure the ex- official. Do you know when the Switch like, came out officially? It was, uh, I think, March of 2017. Okay. So like, within Zelda. the first year yeah. with Zelda. Yeah. Also on the Wii U. Yeah. Torture. My roommate had it on the Wii U. I played it and then it stopped working. You're talking about Zelda, not the Golf Story. I Torture. My roommate had Golf Story on the Wii U. No. <laughs> uh, it was Zelda. Yes. But... More about Golf Story. Um, yes. Developed by Sidebar Games. I believe they're Australian. And this is a Switch exclusive. It is a sports RPG, specifically golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, hence the title Golf Story. Yeah. This is this has been on my wish list for a long time. I actually went and looked at what was on my Switch wish Switch wish list. Your Switch list. Har- my Switch list. Hard to say. Switch list. Yeah. No, that sucks. Switch wish list. There you go. And I had, because of my recent purchase, I had like $10 of, uh, every time you buy a game on the Switch, you get like a little bit of credit, like very small, but mm-hmm. I made enough big purchases that I had like 12 bucks of Switch credit. Yeah. And Golf Story, I think is like 15. So I'm like, I will definitely get I Golf literally th- just did the same thing with Towerfall yesterday because I was like, yeah. I really want Towerfall. Every, like every time I go to someone's house, and we're like, what should we play? It's always like, I really wish I had Towerfall. And then I checked to uh, see how much money I had on Switch, and it was like ten bucks. Um, and I that love, game is twenty yeah. bucks. So I was like, okay, cool. So I'll just pay ten dollars for it and have Towerfall forever. And it's the best. Towerfall, Towerfall, and Celeste are two games that I have on two different systems. Mm-hmm. I, I now that so is the third time I bought Towerfall at this point. Yeah. Well, on the Switch, you can also play as Madeline and her evil yep. reflection, or not evil, but like her mental doppelganger. Yeah. And for um, the Switch version, they also uh, have a code that lets you unlock everything immediately like you could just go and get it all because i played through the game mm. so many times i didn't feel like like going through the story mode and like doing everything to unlock all sure. the characters um anyway uh that's towerfall i did play golf yeah. story i do want to mention i played it right when it came out oh cool just because like i was desperate to get more things to play on the switch and golf story just seemed like a cute fun goofy time and it yeah, sure was it, it sure is uh yeah also just quick i mean <laughs> a little bit late on towerfall hype but it's a great like local co-op game to play if you want to hang out with a friend yeah a i actually time. do plan on talking about towerfall at a certain point i just want to play more of it with more people it's so good yeah but I, i'm going to bring that as my game one week soon same same developers as celeste mm-hmm. uh and like similar graphical style anyway this is why you can play as madeline in it yep or they're called the tenacious traveler and the relentless reflection yes i love that yeah i'm great. always the relentless reflection because mm-hmm. that's how i am with you i feel anyway <laughs> uh golf story it is golf rpg the game's hilarious just right off the bat yeah like, i it, it's definitely graphically kind of in lieu of like chrono trigger old school final fantasy like super nintendo sprites it's very much in that style uh but it's all about golf and there's this sense about it that like it's not taking golf too seriously which i like because golf is like such an elitist sport in some ways yeah not to not to not golf at all but like there's definitely kind of like a elitist point of entry with it at least monetarily with like how much you need to play golf yeah i was just about to Um, say i mean it, it i don't think it's any surprise to people that it is just like an affluent game to play right 
Right, uh, exactly. Yeah. Which so, is why Golf Story is so fucking great. Um, also exactly. worth mentioning that it is like heavily, heavily, heavily based on uh, uh, Mario Golf, which was a game that was around for a while and then Nintendo just stopped making it. Um, just kind of like a lot of the IP that they make, uh, which yeah. then turned into things like Stardew Valley and things like this Golf Story. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting too with Mario Golf and Mario Tennis. Those games were developed by Camelot, who also made the, uh, oh, what are they called? The Golden Sun games. Oh yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. If you look, if you look at their like gameography, it's like Mario Golf, Golden Sun, Mario Golf Two, Golden Sun Two. Like mm-hmm. they did that a lot, and also they created Waluigi. Fun fact. Yes. They Waluigi was birthed from the cursed womb of Mario Tennis sixty four. Because mm-hmm. Mario, like literally, Wario needed a partner on the court, and yep. Waluigi was there. I love that so much. <laughs> so I thank start, you, Cam. I can't start talking about Waluigi. But, yes. Thank you, Camelot, for Waluigi. Uh, anyway, specifically with Mario Golf, there was a Mario Golf game on the Game Boy Advance, I believe, that was like more RPG-centric, where yes. like, you made a character. Um, that's the funniest thing, too, about Mario Golf, is like, Mario Golf 64, at least, half the characters were Nintendo characters, and then half the characters were just random-ass people named, like, Charlie. Uh-huh. And, like, yeah. <laughs> there was one guy named Sonny, and when he won, he would go, it's a sunny day! Uh <laughs> <laughs> the worst power that has been given to me as a human being corrupted was that in Mario Golf you can taunt the end like when anyone else is playing you could hit the C buttons to make them say shit yeah and it was like mm, mm, oh, four, like over and over again <laughs> it was so good I always played as Sunny yeah. um, anyway uh, so Golf Story is very much kind of like the Stardew Valley to Harvest Moon to like the Game Boy Advance Mario Golf game because yes. it has RPG mechanics you're investing in your character you level up and you can invest points and in, like power and accuracy and all that kind of stuff right. I don't really see like I'm, I'm still only a few hours in so I don't really see like a huge like I don't see like a huge amount of evidence of like me getting better because of leveling up. It still feels like just me playing the game. Yeah. But maybe that will change. But regardless, uh, the story is it starts off in such a way that I wanted it to be a musical. I don't know if you got that vibe, but like I I I didn't get that vibe, but I extremely understand what you're talking about. Probably, it's probably just me. But anyway, so it starts off and it's it's like this this golf club um, and people are like, it's like music is playing. The soundtrack is great, by the way. Music is playing and people are talking and you're just getting like a, it's like the Beauty and the Beast opening where it's like, Marie, the baguettes. Like everyone's getting like one line of this town. Right, yeah. Uh, you, you get the flyover of the village outside of Beast Castle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like very, it's very silly. The, the moment that made me laugh right away was like, it gets to the main character who's like, I'm ready to golf. And they're like, wow, such a young player and you already have a caddy. And he's like, it's my dad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just my dad and then you go like learn the game with your dad and there's a bunch of geese watching you and like it's a really great tutorial it immediately pulled me into the game mm-hmm. uh then it does a time cut i didn't really get the time cut because like he's on the phone with someone who's like implied to be i didn't know like who what relation he had with the other person but he's like i'm playing golf i'm like going back yeah i guess it implies that he hasn't been playing golf since he was a kid right so he goes back to this this golf estate and like everyone sucks at golf yeah and the, like, the whole place is really run down at this point yeah yeah and it's clearly run by someone and it's run by someone wearing sunglasses named lucky who is clearly up to no good and like it's <laughs> a clearly the bat like the the visible villain of this game right which i you and i can't get enough of like obvious villains yeah it's the best and the coach is like for some reason very very against teaching you 
even though his students clearly don't know how to play golf. Right. So in the beginning, you're like uh, trying to prove yourself. It's very much like hero's journey adjacent mm-hmm. of like the 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 refusal of the call and like all that kind of stuff. And um, is that I'm the course that has the the uh, ultimate frisbee people? Yeah, which is so fun. So there's such like. What I love about this game, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I want to kind of hammer in what I'm enjoying about it. it the, the sense of humor is unreal. It's such a funny game. And like, it kind of is like a weird satire on like taking things too seriously. Oh, yeah. Like the, the fact of making a golf RPG inherently is kind of silly. Yeah. And there are three older women who are like, they are disc golfers. And like, anytime anyone calls it a frisbee, they like flip out. Yeah, they get really and they're upset like, about they're it. They're like, yeah. you can't understand the power power of the disc and they like make discs float with their mind yeah you can eventually buy a disc and try to learn disc golf it's really hard though like i didn't really like get to do it yeah uh but um it, like they're not kidding it's few are born with a potential disc. <laughs> there's also a mini golf club that they won't let you into like there's like two like buff bodyguards like hey like step away slowly you're not welcome in the mini golf club yeah so like there's a lot of stuff like that it's really funny but i'm at a point now where i uh i like slowly improving myself to the coach and he's like i was advised to go to a different golf estate to like learn what they're up to yeah and the new golf estate is like very prehistoric. There's like visible dinosaur bones on the mm-hmm. ground, yeah. and everyone there are talks cave like people. Cave. Yeah, there are cave people. Yeah, and th- and they all think the other golf estate is shit. They're like, oh, like you should do the kids track first. Yes, like so it's really funny. The the golf, the actual game is very much what you expect. It's like Mario Golf, where there's like the bar where you uh you know you hit it three times, where it's like you let the meter built up and then you stop it and then you hit it again yeah it took me a while to figure out like how much i should be hitting things i still struggle with that especially with putting yeah i didn't finish the game i got pretty far into it though like i got i think the second to last or something uh a course that you can go to and i even at that point was like i it is a pure chance every time i <laughs> get the ball in the hole or where which it's may be, to be yeah it may be a make or break thing for some people it's definitely fun like it's a fun game and I think it's carried by the sense of humor and like just the idea that it exists, I think right. is really funny yeah. and, and great. And I'm definitely like drawn to the story. I'm excited to see like where it goes and what happens. Mm-hmm. But it definitely depends on how much you like these kind of golfing games. The presentation is great. And, like the music is lovely. And like you're not like you're golfing like half the time. You know, like, it's not like a lot of golf, which is kind of ironic. Yeah. Although what's great is that when you're walking around, you can tee up anywhere. So you can just like. It's my favorite shit. It is so great. Yeah. And literally at any point in any place, you could just drop a ball on the ground and hit it with whatever club you feel like. And and sometimes there are like side quests where you can like, you know, uh, there's a worried mother is like, my son is like in the water and there are gators in the water. Right. No, there aren't. And she throws like something and then a giant alligator like bites. Yeah, she 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 throws like like a. comical like like turkey leg like into yeah the lake like she just like so materializes her, one out of her pocket and chucks it into the water see you have to hit her son with a golf ball to get his attention to get out of the water right yeah. which and is which is the like, opposite of what you think because you think you're gonna be hitting the the gators with golf balls but yeah. no you have, you have to bean the kid on the head and then he comes back and he's like ow my ear really hurts and she was like what'd you do to my son like he didn't <laughs> used to like do this and you're like well at least he's not gonna get eaten by gators yeah 
<laughs> so there's like constantly those little moments that I find really fun. I also don't know if I'm going to finish it, but like I'm really happy I picked it up. And I think if you have like uh, if you can catch the game on sale or whatever, it's definitely worth picking up, if only for the humor and the story and just like like this being a Switch exclusive, I think screams to the idea screams, but it, it it's emblematic of the idea of like Nintendo becoming like this patron saint of like weird indie games. Mm-hmm. And I think Golf Stories being a Switch exclusive, especially, is definitely like one of those titles. Yeah, totally. And it, it honestly really speaks to uh, some of our conversation from last week about like the guilt of not finishing games where like I definitely did not finish Golf Story, but I'm so glad that I played as much of it as I did. Like I'm glad yeah. that I played it because it, I don't know, it just brought me a lot of joy for like many hours. And then eventually I just kind of felt like I was done with it and moved on to the next thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think it's uh, if anyone out there is like a big fan of like classic Mario Golf and stuff, you're going to you're going to like this game quite a bit. Yeah, I would not recommend it to people looking for like an actual golf video game. But if, if you want to play like like a, a goofy RPG with some like really goofy mechanics, um, then it's that awesome. happens. It's almost like it happens to be about golf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is way. really what it feels like. Yeah, um, which I enjoy. I love when something centered, like very seriously, centers around something that shouldn't be taken that seriously. Yeah, like yeah, I it just it's so funny to me. Yeah, yeah, Golf Story. It's a cool game on the Nintendo Switch. Golf Story would recommend. Would recommend. Like, yeah. Yeah. Something a little bit lighter that's kind of silly and uh, uh, definitely worth playing on handhelds. Unless you have a cursed Joy-Con like I do that drifts to the left no matter what you do. Oh, uh, are you going to send it to Nintendo or are you going to get new ones? Can I do the former? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I'll probably just get new ones. <laughs> <laughs> you you can send them to Nintendo, though. It takes a long time to get them back. That's the only that's thing. That's what I mean. Yeah. But you could get a pro controller in the meantime. Well, I, I mean, like, I can play it. I have a pro controller. I oh. can play it. Like, it's just, if I want to play handheld, I have to, you know, yeah. be, like, it's not all the time, but, like, every now and then it just starts doing that, which I think is, like, a common issue with the Joy-Cons. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Although I have set up my Switch on my bed and played with the Pro Controller. I've done that in the past. That's true. I could do that. But I like the handheld aspect, baby. It is amazing how cool the Switch is as a piece of hardware. And I know we've talked about this a million times on this show, but like I am constantly floored by how wild it is. The first time I played Breath of the Wild in my bed, I was like, this is unreal. Yeah. Like, I didn't, like, I, it sounds like kind of lame, but it's like, this is the fact that I can play this kind of game, like, separate from my living room is kind of yeah baffling. yeah it's yeah. weird it's weird what games i gravitate towards in handheld or or uh docked yeah mode. we talk about that a lot we talk yeah. about that quite a bit golf story i played pretty much exclusively docked uh the weirdest one for me currently is slay the spire i play almost all docked with a pro controller really yeah i struggle because i'm an old man i struggle with reading some of the cards on my tv sometimes i have the opposite problem where it's too small on the switch so oh, really? I like having it on the TV. Yeah. My TV is also a little bit like older, so that might be mm. it. Yeah. Anyway, um, Golf Story is a cool game, and you should play it if you like uh-huh. golf stories or the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. If uh, I'm trying to think of like, it reminds me a little bit of Paper Mario or uh, Mario RPG in that sense of like goofy yeah. satirical RPGs. Totally. So if you like that kind of sensibility, you'll enjoy it. Also, it's Austra- it's made by Australian developers. So there's a lot of fun slang. Oh yeah. That like keeps coming up. Uh, I also like the characters a lot. There's someone on uh, one of the students that comes 
comes with you to the prehistoric camp. Her whole character is that she just hits the ball way too far. Yeah. So, like, whenever she golfs, she just hits it in the water. She's like, oh, this ground is shit. And then, like, she starts just hitting the dirt with her golf club, like, digging a hole. And then, like, someone comes by and she's like, oh, uh, gotta run. And he's like, hi, I'm an archaeologist. I could really use someone with your digging skills. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the kind of that's the kind of tone the game has. And if yeah. you're into that, I think you'll enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. I would. I, if you continue playing that game, I think you should talk about it some more because some of the later courses are really wonderful and i, th- I think you yeah you really i mean talking about them more there's one that's clearly haunted which i'm excited about and then there's mm-hmm. one that's like winter wintery it has like there's no gradual like change in the world map there's just like one course is haunted one course is prehistoric yeah there's one uh, that is like um really avatar-esque like pandora floating islands in the sky oh really really cool <laughs> yeah and there's just like a shitload yeah. of birds there there's just birds everywhere because of course there would be that's really funny i kind of wish there was like a little bit more rpg stuff with like customizing the character and like yeah that kind of stuff but it, it totally works for what it is yeah cool cool golf story golf Would story recommend. let's take a break and talk about other stuff yeah see you in hell see you in hell uh brendan i'm coming closer to the mic hello i'm here hey you've been playing something that you want to talk about briefly during the break oh yes yes um the other night i went to a friend's house uh because i heard that he had this game and i was like i really wanted to play it and I and a group of people, uh, or I guess a group of people, watched me and informed me as I played through Dream Daddy. The Dream Daddy. Yeah, the dad dating simulator. And I had a great time. I had a really good time. I definitely uh, was drinking a whole lot, which definitely, I think, informed <laughs> a lot of my decisions. But I... I knew what the game was. I knew that it was like you you make a dad and then you go out in the world and then you like, I don't know, you meet a bunch of dads and you like choose one and then eventually like you are dating that dad, I think is the idea uh, or I thought was the idea. There is a lot more depth to that game than I expected there to be, both in terms of like writing and what's going on in that game mechanically. Uh, and I just like had the best, best time with it. Uh, I made a dad. I went through and started like meeting all the dads and everybody in the room with me was like, that's the dad you should date. No, that's the dad you should date. Or like that, that one sucks. And I hate this one. I was like, I actually think that this dad's fine. Like he's whatever. And, and just like going back and forth, uh, until I met all of the dads. And then by the end of it, they were like, which dad are you going to pick? Like, do you want to go on dates with like a bunch of the different dads? I was like, no, no, no. There's just the one. There's just the one that matters. His name was Matt with one T. I made a character named Elliot with one L. So it was like, of course, um, it was like match made in heaven situation. But the thing I want to bring up about that game that I did not expect there are a whole bunch of mini games in there that are like wild they're really fun i did one that was a pokemon battle in a park where i met this one dad who looked a little bit like the hikers in the original pokemon games um (laughs) and i introduced my daughter to him and he introduced his daughter to me and it threw us into a pokemon battle where we were supposed to like brag about our daughters and that was like the battle instead of fighting was like just talking about like well my daughter like won the spelling bee oh well my daughter like won two spelling bees in a row or like is the is the spelling bee champion of, of the state or something so i did i started doing it like once was like I, I bragged about my daughter one time and then just like in real life, I was like, I feel really bad about this. This is like a really lame thing to be doing. I think this is like a shitty thing to like be comparing our daughters in this way. Like I get like you're proud of your daughter, but like also what the fuck. So there was an option to run away. Like you could run from the battle like in Pokemon. And I was like, what happens if I press that? And I pressed it and it was like, hey, this is a lame thing to be doing. You shouldn't be comparing your daughters like this. I was like, oh my God, this game understands me. It, it, it knows 
exactly what I'm thinking. Um, That's awesome. Really incredible writing, and I just had a great time with it. And just from talking to my friends who played it, hello, Marcel and Evan and Alec, if you're listening, uh, they they have played through the game multiple times and seen a lot of the dad endings, and they are all really bizarre and fun and cool. And yeah. Great game. Dream Daddy. I Googled I Googled Matt the Dad and I'm happy for you. Oh yeah. I just wanted to see who you chose. He's great. Uh, um, when you first meet him, it's in his cafe that he runs and all of the drinks are uh, puns based on other bands or based on bands. So there's like Godspeed You Black Coffee, uh, Macchiato DeMarco. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Oh, I could see why you chose Well, him. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, that's a great idea for a cafe, but you would never actually do it in real life. And it was like, I don't trust the person that actually makes this. And then by the time I met all the dads and then like had the choice of like, okay, who do you want to actually talk to? He ended up being the one. But yeah, it was. That's amazing. Yeah. It's a great game. Dream Daddy. Dream Daddy. Uh, it's available is on it? like every platform now. That's the thing. That's why we went back and played it because they just released it on Switch. So yeah. It's also on PS4. And it's on PS4. It's on PC and Mac. Um, I imagine it's on Xbox also. Very cool. Yeah, I've heard great things about it. I've always been tempted. Yeah. But I have not picked it up. Yeah. Uh, it was interestingly published by the Game Grumps who like were for a long time, I would say like traditionally a toxic brand online. Yeah. Um, for sure. you know, with their association with John Tron and stuff like that. Um, but now I, I guess I assume they've turned it around. I haven't watched a game Grumps video in like yeah, maybe I'm a decade. Either, I don't know how long they've been around, but it feels like it's been that long. Yeah. But yeah. Cool game. Cool. And it's available oh, yeah. everywhere. Um, and that's all I wanted to say about it. It's like one of those games. that's like kind of like we talked about uncharted four, where it was like, that game is really good. I don't even know what to say about it. Like, that's kind of how I feel about Dream Daddy. It's like, I, I finished playing the game and it was really good. I You did mention that you wanted me to talk about this on the podcast, but I did definitely fall asleep a lot while playing it, which was mainly just because it was really late after a long week and I had a lot of alcohol in me. But that uh, I, what ended up happening was like, I would continue playing the game and just like drifting off as I was going, as I was just like going through uh, some of the text options and stuff. Um, and then I would like wake up like 30 to 45 seconds later just like oh oh, shit and then just like keep going until i drifted off again uh but i did make it through the whole game i I needed to make sure that i finished it and it was great that's awesome i'm happy for you yeah maybe i'll check it out we can talk about it again yeah that'd be fun Um, i would like to talk about it more in depth um but i also like i kind of don't want to because i don't want to spoil any of the stuff about it like i already feel like i said too much about matt with his cafe uh and the the pokemon (laughs) battle but yeah there's you've ruined matt for the listener there there are some surprising dads in there i'll say that much oh wow okay i um i love the theme song you share with me yes the, the theme, theme song, song is by baths is really good. if you're a fan of baths uh the theme or, or geodic they're both the same person yeah he did the theme song and it's great very cool yeah awesome i am very intrigued more than i even already was yes it's cool. I, I haven't played a lot of uh, like visual novels or dating simulators, um, but that is one of the better ones that I played. Maybe one day we can talk about the Waluigi dating sim. Maybe, maybe we'll both play that and talk about it. Someone sent me a Seinfeld dating sim. I didn't have the bravery to click on I, th- I think we got to do something like that eventually. Yeah, I mean, I guess you you could maybe count Persona and Mass Effect in some ways. They have like yep. those mechanics in them. I absolutely would for sure. count them amongst that rank. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I always feel like oddly personal talking about like everyone's like, who would you romance Mass Effect? I'm, like, I'm not telling you. No way. <laughs> yeah, it was Garrus. Okay, fuck off. Mm. I don't know if you're a visual novel Garrus. person. Maybe we should talk. Uh, I know To the Moon is coming out for Switch or already is out on Switch. Um, maybe maybe you should play that when it comes out. And I I'll, feel like I'll I'm absolutely it. a visual novel person, and I've like held back because I know I am. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's one of those like this is gonna mess my life up if I get too into this. Okay. Well, I know I know there's a really great visual novel um, called To the Moon that came yeah, out on yeah, PC yeah. a long time ago. 
show and I think it's coming out on switch or maybe it's already out and maybe you and I can like align a week and we can both play through it and talk about it. There was a, uh, at work in one of the Slack channels, I, someone brought a mass effect and I was like, Oh, the first time I romanced Garrus, but then I romanced Thane. And my friend was like, didn't have any, had no idea what I was talking about and just pinned that message. He's like, Steven, this is the funniest thing out of context. Like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> uh, it was very funny. Yeah. Um, I think about that quite a bit. But yeah, we'll have to talk about Persona again when P5R comes out, uh, which I'm very excited. Does that come out this year? I don't think so. I think it's coming out in Japan this year and coming out, I think, maybe in March. Oh, fuck March, dude. Yeah, March is March is too much. Animal Crossing, Persona 5R, and Final Fantasy VII Remake. Too much Yeah. for next spring. Uh, Let's leave the break and come back and talk about a game fully and completely with our whole hearts. This party sucks. Get me out. Bye. Goodbye. Brendan, we're out of the break. Hey. We're done with dads. And I'm you, you little devil, <laughs> little Dante's, you little Dante's devil I, I let, have told mm. me what. No, you don't get to talk right now. <laughs> uh, you little devil for weeks have been like, I have a mystery game I want to talk about, but you haven't told me what it is. Now, finally, after weeks of torment, uh, you're going to tell me what it is. I have been playing for the Nintendo Switch Xenoblade Chronicles 2, the sequel. A game I have not even touched. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that That's kind of uh, part of the reason that I wanted to play it. Look, Into the Aether 2, the quest continues. Uh, one of the quests that is continuing is me trying to find a JRPG on the Nintendo Switch that I really like. And I thought, what better way to find one than to take a complete shot-in-the-dark chance uh, at a JRPG that I've heard is good, but you haven't played. I thought that would be fun to kind of like yeah. a little bit of a role reversal in this case uh, where sure. I'm just talking about a JRPG. So uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is a game that I think is pretty good. Um, I have, it's funny, but between when I started playing it and now I've kind of put it down momentarily because I have been playing Mario Maker and Slay the Spire, but I do intend on going back to it. I'm probably going to play it a little bit more today. Uh, it's been a really good, like, I'm in bed and I'm about to go to sleep game. Yeah, it seems that way. My roommate has it, so I, I've seen it being played, but I have not touched oh, it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm glad you have a little bit of a, a framework for it. Yeah. The first Xenoblade Chronicles I played some of on the Wii. Um, it was just one of those games that was like notoriously really expensive and hard to find. Um, so I did pay a whole ass $80 to get a copy of that game so I could try it and ended wow. up not liking it very much and putting it down. Is that with Shulk? That is with Shulk, yeah. Backslash! Yeah, Sorry, yeah who just yeah. yells out all of the yeah. stuff that he's going to do, um, which is like a trope in that kind of game, but also is for some reason way worse in Xenoblade. Like, they triple down on it. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and I'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to hear you take. So let me just let me just give you, like, a setup for this story, because I, I played some of Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and, like, got a kind of sense of the world, but did not... Was that for the Wii U? Because my roommate also had the one for the Wii U. Um, that was, there, like, That was Xenoblade Central. Chronicles X. Oh, okay. I've seen that, and I've seen two, so I haven't actually played the first one. Yeah, I don't one. know what that is. I think it's a different game. I'm not really sure. They did re-release the first Xenoblade Chronicles on 3 3DS. If you had a new 3DS, you could run it. Um, that was, I think, it the seems... only new 3DS exclusive. Like you couldn't play it yeah. on the original. It seems like X is like a little bit more sci-fi y because there's like the the gear or the blades are like mechs you have rather than like magical friends. Why? I don't know. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So this might as well have been a dream I had because like I don't I've not played them or know anything about them. Yeah, I don't know how this. I don't know how X became a blind spot for me having played some of the first one and like being interested in the second one when it came out. But anyway. Yeah just to give like a framework for what this game is and keep in mind like I did 
did play this while watching Neon Genesis Evangelion. So like maybe my read on this game is is a little bit tainted by that. Not tainted, but just like colored a little bit by Evangelion. What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm about, I'm about to explain. Okay. Okay. Gotcha, um, gotcha. There are a lot of like religious overtones, I think, in Xenoblade in a way that I was not expecting. The game opens with uh, them talking about what I believe to be the creation of the universe and the creation of Earth. And I think okay. also the Tower of Babel. And they never they don't say any of that like <laughs> overtly. Yeah, they don't say any of that overtly, yeah. but like it's not super hard to really like connect the dots, but the the story of the game is that the world was created and humans created like the Tower of Babel and God was like, this is bad. And then pretty much flooded the earth in, in like a in like a Noah's Ark style like world flood. So there's just like this this giant like sphere of water, essentially, and then a layer of clouds above the water. So you can't even see the water from land. And the only land masses that exist are the backs of giant creatures called titans. Titans. So like they're, they're giant moving continents and there are smaller Titans and there are bigger Titans. Like some of them are like literally entire continents that you can like run around and stuff. And there are also really tiny ones. And you are a character uh, whose name I forgot already because the story of the game is just like wild. And I don't remember the name. Of the I was character. about to say Roxas sincerely. And that's like how memorable the characters. I'm just going to call him Roxas for the remainder. Of, yeah, call of, him Roxas. I'm just going to call him Roxas. You play as Roxas and Roxas. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Roxas uh, wakes up on the back of a small Titan who apparently helped raise him. Uh, and this Titan, the Titan's name I remember because his name is Gramps. And he looks like pretty much just like a brontosaurus who like swims. His name is Rex. That's why I thought of Roxas. His name is Rex? Rex. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Rex, Rex uh, hangs out with, with his Titan named Gramps. Um, and he is a diver. Uh, he's like a salvager. And in this world, there are pretty much, it seems like there there's a class of people who are salvagers who just like don these big, like almost old era scuba suits, like like big, like diving bell kind of scuba suits, um, which is a really interesting just uh, visual motif that happens in this game. It's like very steampunky in a way that I, I didn't think it would be. But his whole job is to dive down into the ocean, into the like where the old world was uh, and find salvage that he can bring up and then sell for money. And kind of becomes notorious for becoming like really great at salvaging and then gets hired by a sketchy dude, like a Jabba the Hutt style guy um, to go out with this team of like badasses um, to salvage a thing. And he doesn't know what it is. And he, he accepts the job because of how much money it is without even hearing what the job is. He's like, yes, I am down for that. That's going to be great. I'm finally going to be like notorious and, and wonderful and have all this money. And my life is going to be great now that I took this job. Uh, and obviously the job goes south pretty fucking quick. What I just described, by the way, because this is a JRPG and this is like me, I guess, getting into the genre, that's like 15 hours of gameplay that I just described in like eight sentences. That's, yeah, that's definitely like a negative trope associated with it, but that's not commonplace entirely. I mean, it, it is, but like there are exceptions for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I'm probably yeah. exaggerating. I don't think it's actually 15, but it is definitely like multiple hours of like, I, From what I, I haven't heard about even this finished game, the setup yet. Yeah, my roommate, for example, has put in, I think, 30 hours into the game thinking it was going to wrap up, and then he looked up online and everyone's like, yeah, like, it took me like 200 hours to beat this, oh and he's like, I want to stop playing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so, so like, 
you do this thing and you end up meeting the Xenoblade, I think. It's called the Aegis. But the way the world works is you try and like fuse with this thing that's called like a blade core or something. And if you get rejected, your body explodes and you die. Uh, and if you get okay. accepted, you get this badass sword that also materializes like almost like a familiar, like a daemon with you who like follows you around and they can take like a bunch of different shapes. So like creatures or animals or people or whatever. And you find the Z, I assume it's the Xenoblade and it is personified almost in a Zelda Skyward Sword style manner as a human, like a human girl who has honestly just like not a great character design. Like it is extremely bad. Uh, And, and I am grappling with it constantly while playing this game it's just like i don't i don't want like this my is roommate had similar uh reservations about it yeah, yeah if i think if i had known ahead of time i probably wouldn't have bought the game but whatever it, I'm, <laughs> that's why you need my guidance i know anyway. i know that, but i'm trying look the quest continues steven i'm trying my hey. best out here <laughs> all right don't play final fantasy 9 play uh whatever (laughs) hold my my judgment but what ends up happening is uh you you bond with with this sword thing and you are trying to take it to like some kind of promised land which i'm sure is going to turn out to not be real or something right it's like oh Mm -hmm. this whole quest was for naught you have to find meaning in the journey and not the destination something like that i'm sure i'll learn that in hour 199 but you can see it you can see it already in the beginning yeah but you meet a bunch of like interesting weird characters who are i think created by the final fantasy uh character like the the character designer of final fantasy also made all the villains in this game and they all look a lot like final fantasy sign me up for the villains yeah really really great um and they are like the badasses who have these swords with like really horrific monsters that have like spawned from them yeah they have a sword that's just faces sign me up for that yeah it's it's good shit yeah so you know the 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 whole salvage mission goes south because you end up bonding with the sword and you were supposed to bring the sword to the job of the hut person I think was the deal the the overarching story is that all of these titans that are land masses are starting to die off like they've been around for so long that they they are starting to die which means that there is less and less land on the planet um so there's like a, a large scale war happening between two nations fighting over what's left of land which is really fascinating I think and really interesting but um it's a, it's a cool setting from what you've described it is on it that's that. the thing yeah. that's pulling me through it is like the yeah. world is so well realized that I can't help but like want to see more of it um yeah, and it's sure. really beautiful the game is gorgeous and there's, it, 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 from what I've seen it really is there's an yeah. asterisk on that because it's really gorgeous in docked mode and it is pretty rough in handheld mode oh, I and see. I'm surprised I didn't see that because I feel like the kind of people who would like get drawn to this kind of game like when it came out would have been more vocally upset about the fact that it like does not run very well in handheld mode um yeah but I guess that's neither here nor there because I didn't hear about it um and I <coughs> I don't know. Whatever. Uh, just a thing that I noticed because I tried to play it in bed and I was like, oh, this isn't great. So I brought my doc into my bedroom and now that's how I've been playing it before I go to sleep. But anyway, yeah. So that's like that's like the story of the game or at least as much as I've seen. I am now like kind of roaming out in the world by myself. I have like a team of people with me um, and it is interesting. It's enough to pull me through and keep me going at least for now. Where the game both loses me and gets me kind of curious is in the combat system, which is fucking mm. weird. Do you know anything about it? Yeah. So I Again, like I've only seen my roommate play it, and like it strikes me a little bit. It's interesting because I've seen him play. I, I've seen him play Xenoblade X or Xenogears. No, it's not Xenogears. It's Xenoblade yeah. X for the Wii U. Mm-hmm. 
And it was similar where like there's a big open setting. You run into enemies fairly frequently and like it's real time combat, but everyone has like special moves and stuff. And yeah, like it seems very grindy, but it almost looks like the grind is the enjoyable part of the game mm-hmm. because the setting is so beautiful and like the enemies are so weird that like you kind of get caught in the hook of like just leveling up, I guess. Yeah, I, I am um, having that now. I don't know if it's the same between Chronicles X and, and two, um, but yeah. The way the combat works in in Chronicles 2 is it's like an auto battle system. So like you initiate a battle with a thing that is near you and then just by being near it, you just start attacking and you have a bunch of special abilities that you can use whenever you want. Like, and they have cooldowns, kind of like an MMO in a way. But the way that you do the most damage to things is by chaining attacks. So like as soon as your auto attack would hit something, you press one of the special attack buttons. So like you have to time it actively and continuing to do that repeatedly will start to unlock some like uh some like bonus moves and like some team attack moves and like there's a there's a whole like literally a, a tree of possibilities that shows up once you start chaining attacks together where it's like okay if you do this next then you unlock this next and like you kind of want to make it as far down the tree as you possibly can and i gotta be honest steven it is really confusing and not very good but <laughs> i i love this because i didn't i have no investment in this series and i didn't recommend it so like evilly i'm like hell yeah, you made a mistake <laughs> I still find myself enjoying playing it kind of exactly yeah, for the seems... reasons that you were talking about. Like the, the yeah. creature designs are really, really fun and weird. Like I've, I've, I found the first fully open area. So like now I'm like actually exploring the world. I think I'm like, I am probably like 10 to 15 hours in at this point and just like running around this area that has like things that are on level with me, you know, which is like seven or eight at this point. And then also there's like level 87 beasts in this starting zone for some reason that just like nuke me from across the it map. Does, it does strike me as very mmo esque in that way it does feel like, like an mmo at times yeah 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 i mean i i i don't really have any interest in this series to be honest yeah. like i uh i do really respect the some of the art design with the setting in particular like i love that idea of like the only land left are these dying beasts yeah so that's really cool it's to me rad yeah and my roommate who who plays it he actually likes he said that this the gameplay here was better than the one he played mm. so Take that for what it's worth. Yeah. But I remember like asking him. The reason I have no interest is because it seems like the the story is not the draw. And like I saw his team and I was like, oh, like who's this character? Like, what's their deal? And he's like, I don't really know. <laughs> and I'm like and I'm like, well, how's this character? And he's like, Well, less bad than that one. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> the one character he likes, I think, is one of their blades is like a big cat. And he's like, I like them. Yeah. And that's about yeah, it. Yeah, she's great. Uh, she's great, and the cat is awesome with like a deep British accent. Oh, I should mention the the it's amazing, Brendan, how quickly my interest peaked a little bit when you said there's a big cat with a British accent. Yes. I'm like, okay, I, I can have fun with this. Um, um, the So the voice acting is really interesting. So like the, the writing is fine, um, but you can tell that it was like yeah. written for the Japanese language and then they just like... Right. Too directly translated. Yes, yeah. exactly. It, yeah, it's not it, it feels Yeah, it feels yeah. more translated than localized, exactly. Um, so you just have a bunch of people with like thick Scottish brogue, like screaming things that like sometimes make sense very frequently and it is like kind of hilarious and good at times but i did find out that they released a downloadable japanese voice pack so you can download the like original japanese 
voiceover. And I did that and I've been playing it with that in subtitles and it has increased my enjoyment of the game like tenfold because the Japanese voice acting is very good uh, compared. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the the other reservation I have with playing it is the sort of the character design aspect you brought up, yeah. which like, I don't know how much you and I should go into because I think that's also a bigger conversation that maybe like, what do you what I'm are sorry, you it just started raining so hard out of nowhere. It was like blue <laughs> sky like literally a minute ago and now it looks like the world is ending and a tornado is going to touch down. I just kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit where like, yes. I think this is just my opinion and like I think this is again like a bigger discussion I'm I'm definitely open to being challenged on but I think when you have any kind of character that's like overtly sexualized yes. there should just be intention behind it like that's a, I don't think it's inherently a bad design like I think about Nier Automata and it's like obviously like a lot of the characters in that game are like also overtly sexualized yeah. but there's something about that game's tone and about the setting that like it just works in a way that I can't quite describe mm-hmm. like even in that even in that game there are moments where it feels a little too much but like i think that game is so just stylized overall and like the story is like that game treats the characters so gingerly and so sincerely that you forget about other aspects of it mm. um it also kind of helps them stand out like when you meet 2b and 9s and a2 and then you meet the other androids that are on earth like the design of like a yorha unit versus like just a random person mm-hmm. stands out yeah totally and that worked for me i mean I, th- I think you could you could talk a lot about the design of that game because like there's clearly a lot of like choices being made that are worth discussing but like it didn't take me out of the game ever yeah really uh i think it just like 2b is just a cool character like, i think it just becomes like because she's a cool character and she's effective in how she's written her design becomes part of just like her power as a character yeah totally whereas uh, in in xenoblade chronicles 2 it is literally for like i, th- I think the the term that's used is fan service and also like, yeah visual gags which is like c- come on and it's just upsetting yeah. it's just like it's like it's uh yeah it's i think it just boils down to like having an intention behind the design and like because there's there's sexuality in all of design but i think again when it's when it's done in kind of a male gazy pandering way it's just like off-putting yeah and it it feels more embarrassing than offensive just like why is this here yeah i i know Um, exactly what you mean yeah also, like it's it's like, if you're gonna do that, do it for everyone too. Like do it for the dudes. Like, I would love that if a game was just like everyone. <laughs> you know, yeah. like not that I would love that, but like it just sort of like it's just it's just off putting when it happens to one group of people constantly. Mm-hmm. But again, bigger conversation. I just wanted to touch on it because you brought it up. Yeah, no, I um, I think it's it's definitely worth bringing up, and it is uh, a reason that I can't like fully recommend this game or even recommend this game at all. Um, <laughs> unless right. you like already played it and you love this franchise and whatever, like if you can look past it, then then go for it. Um, yeah. But it is one of the reasons that I like find myself not going back to it as often, and also like not bringing the console outside with me to play on the train on the way to work. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But Xenoblade Chronicles Two is a game that I am like kind of enjoying. Um, and plan on playing more of again getting back to like the finishing games discussion I know I'm not going to finish it I I know I'm not going to like I'm playing Mario Maker right now Fire Emblem comes out soon Uh, Ultimate Alliance 3 comes out soon like there's a lot of stuff on the horizon that I want to be playing and devoting my time to but in the meantime I just knew that this was like a a slightly down period in terms of stuff that was coming out and I wanted to try something that was a little bit outside my wheelhouse just to like kind of broaden my horizon I'm glad you did and it's not that there's there's enough there's enough to like that like it's not like a total miss you know what i mean yeah i think that the problems we addressed here are unfortunately kind of commonplace hopefully we can kind of move past them yeah but i think 
Uh, the quest continues, Brendan. I think you will find an RPG on the Switch that you're into, or JRPG, because you already have Dragon's Dogma, your favorite game of all time. Yes, I have that in the yeah. um, get ready to argue section of my goatee list. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so just <laughs> arguing for a 2012 game on the list. Yep. Sure. Just get ready. Why not? Just get ready. Just get ready. Just get ready. Okay. All right. But yeah, that's. I think that's everything we're talking about this week, huh? That is everything we're talking about for sure. I'm still on the horizon. I have the collection of mana. I don't know. I can't promise I'm going to get to that because I started Secret of Mana and like it's cool and it's fun, but I, I did not play that game as a when it came out as a kid. Yeah. And like it's. It's interesting because it's a real time, it's real time combat, mm-hmm. but it's like very like much the first game that had real time combat with RPG mechanics. Yeah. There's also a multiplayer element which I'm curious. So I'll give it more time. Maybe I'll talk about it, but I may just not. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens with that. There's a lot of stuff coming out in the summer though, so like you can very much expect a Fire Emblem episode. You can expect Astral Chain. A game we're irrationally excited for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, all that stuff mm. we'll probably talk about. Can you talk about Ultimate Alliance? Probably not. Can I? And you can just sit there and listen? Yes. We'll probably do that. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk about DC Ultimate Alliance 3. I think I would be able to talk about that if that existed. Yes, absolutely. Anyway. Cool. Uh, anyway. Should we, let's wrap up. Let's do it. Let's wrap up. You want to do it? Yes. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, season two, we're here. We're also I, we touched we touched on this a couple episodes ago, but like the first episode of season two was our f- four hour E three episode, and a lot of you have tweeted at us that you like listened to the whole thing and how much you liked it. That means a lot, and just the constant support of the show is really humbling and great. Yeah. If you like the show, sharing it is great. Uh, leaving an iTunes review on Apple Podcasts. Is iTunes or Apple Podcasts now? It's officially Apple Podcasts now. Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Yes. Out of five stars. Whatever you see fit. And we appreciate that. It really does help the show. You hear it all the time, but it, it does help quite a bit. Many of you have done it, and we thank you for that. Um, we also have a Twitter account. It's at Into the Cast. You can follow us there uh, just for random updates and silly stuff and we also have a discord which is growing and growing and is really cool it's under the network brendan has started for for uh both our show and no script at all his terrace house podcast which is wonderful if you haven't listened to it and that discord you could join at brendan I need your help here it's bit.ly slash twg discord all this stuff's in the show notes so you could just go oh, it's in the, the show notes, notes. big deal like those links Click those links. Um, and that's all I have. Again, we thank you for listening. And uh, we have some plans uh, to do some fun stuff with all of you in the future. Um, someone brought up in the Discord doing kind of like a, a fantasy league in some way about the show or video games. And we're we're in talks of like what that would be and how what form that would take. So we'll we'll touch base on that because I think that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, and we also uh, stream occasionally uh, on Twitch into the cast as well. Yeah, I'm Brendan. working on a way. I I just really want to be able to stream Switch games, uh, specifically yes. Mario Maker and and some other stuff that's coming out. And I play the Spire. Yeah, yeah, I really want to um, lock down how to do that. I just don't think I have a computer that is capable of. Uh, handling a stream at the moment but um i i will be able to figure one out i think soon anyway also shout out to aj flory our producer um you can find links to all of his stuff down in the show notes as well and i think that's it correct that's it uh the quest continues brendan i'm sorry xenoblade uh well you know what? we shouldn't apologize because you're enjoying it enough i am but, no i'm gonna keep yeah. playing it um yeah. i have a lot of gripes and grievances but uh <laughs> i like it yeah. that's cool it's also yeah that's cool i'm glad 
next week is uh, an open canvas. We'll see what happens. Yeah, literally no idea what I'm going to talk about next week. We'll see. <laughs> I, I didn't expect to play as many games as I did this week, considering I pretty much had no free time until Friday. So, like, everything that I've played has been between Friday and today. It, today is Sunday, by the way, when we record. When is... Oh, yeah. Also, happy Pride Parade today. Yes, today is Pride, um, the day we record. Today is Pride, the recording, uh, June 30th. Happy Pride Hell to yeah. everyone listening. Not to undercut that with the Fire Emblem release date, but I'm just looking <laughs> it up. July 26th is when it comes out. Cool. So we got a while. We got a while. So we'll find something to talk about. In the meantime, maybe we'll talk about Dragon's Dogma some more. Mm-hmm. Uh, your favorite game of all time. Game of the year, 2019, Dragon's Dogma Darker is... <laughs> I can't live in that timeline, Brendan. Don't even tease it. I'm... Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see when we get there. All right. On that note, goodbye. Goodbye. My name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet, Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Have a great week. Have a great week. Goodbye. Garbage dot online.